Great. Well, it's good to be back. Uh, Fliss and I have been on, on a holiday visiting our family, which is always great. Good to see the grandkids, little Tallulah, lovely name that Tallulah, and Reuben, and they're full of energy, four years old and six years old, and it's great to be grandparents for a couple of weeks and sort of look after them and catch up and all the rest of it. We've enjoyed all of that, but, uh, you know, uh, I am excited to have the, the privilege of finishing off this series. I've been listening to it while I've been away. Center, it's called. And uh, I think we've got a center image. There we go. And uh, I just want to say thank you to the team for doing such an awesome job while we've been away. I mean, so many good things actually have happened while I've been away. I mean, the icing of the cake was that wonderful uh, winning that local charity of the year thing. Uh, that was tremendous. But uh, while we've been away, Richard and Tara. Uh, Richard is the guy who comes up here every week and, and abuses me. <laughs> All right? That's how you'll remember him. And uh, they had a baby, a little girl, uh, during the... Uh, thank you. Bless God. All is well. During the first service, I, I understand it was in hospital, not at church. Uh, but maybe it was Dennis's preaching that brought the baby on. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so that's always a joy when, uh, when we ha can celebrate the safe arrival of, of children. And all of you who are preggy, you know, God's blessing upon you. And all of those who would like to get preggy, please just uh, come down the front. You know, we're happy to pray. I'm, I, it's one of the things I, I'm very personally very happy to do is pray for you if you're struggling to conceive, you know, uh, and delighted to pray into that. Uh, other good things, uh, while I've been away, uh, the last time I spoke, as many of you recall, was the kind of, uh, the, the launch, the official launch of phase two, and uh, we've got to raise around about half a million pounds for that, and while I've been away, uh, with very little encouragement, over 60,000 has, has come in already, which is, is, is a very good start. I mean, I've done a few of these over the years, as some of you know, and I kind of get the feel for this now. And so that's a very good start, and so we know that there'll be more coming in, so please continue to pray about that, but that's all good. Um, talking about money, uh, you should, I think, have been given a director's financial update. Uh, if you, th this is a great document. If you would like to uh, uh, ask the de directors a few questions, uh, uh, if you have something that's on your mind, uh, please feel free to meet with them in the upper conference room between the services where the directors will be there and happy to meet and uh, meet you personally and answer questions. And, uh, you know, that will, that will be an opportunity to sort of pick their brains or make suggestions or, or whatever like uh, have you. So a lot's been going on, really. But uh, now let me pray and we're going to get straight into God's Word. Father, I want to say thank you for all that you're doing in this place uh, Lord God, it's not always tidy. Sometimes it's a bit messy, but one of the Proverbs says that, you know, if, 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 if you have the ox in the stall, if the life is in the stall, well, then there's going to be a mess. And if there's life, sometimes life is messy. Giving birth is a bit messy. But the joy, the joy of it all, sometimes it's painful, but the joy, the joy of it all. And so, Lord God, we thank you for all that you're doing ask that you'd continue to brood over us, continue to visit us, continue to lead us and encourage us. And now, Lord, give me grace. Just breathe on this word in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the first week, Mark launched it, did a great job of just Christ uh, you know, at the very center of what we're doing. Then we had Louis came up. That was a blinder of a service. Was that, is that rude to say a blinder of a service? No. 
If it is, I'm sorry. Um, that was a, just a, an awesome job there, to, uh, just speaking about um, faith, and the center of faith, Christ the center of faith. And last week we had Dennis up, Christ the center of love. And a wonderful bit of ministry went on the back of that about dealing with shame. Great job. And it's my, my privilege to be talking about Christ the center of our hope. Christ the center of our hope. And, and it's so important, isn't it, when we, we are involved in our busy lives, and for many of us, very challenging, high-capacity lives, uh, you know, where we have to work long hours and really give 110% in order to get by. It's so vital that we retain, as Christians, this eternal perspective that it's not just about the now. The now is important. We need to be present just as God is present in the now. But at the same time, we have to have that eternal perspective. And, and what would encourage us to do that? That would be this, this hope element, this, this sense of moving towards something, the hope we have in, in Christ, in the very center of our faith. So that's my, uh, my, my contribution today to talk about Christ, the center of our hope. You know, as I was preparing this, sort of came back to it this week, obviously having been away just to, to try and, you know, try and get into gear again. Yeah, I was so tempted, seriously, I was so tempted just to pull up one of the Perspex chairs that we have and just read Colossians. I, I could have done it in less time than probably this, this sermon will take because the book itself is so rich. The first part is, is, is doctrine, really, as Mark so ably uh, helped us. It, uh, Paul is concerned about heresies and, and, and distractions coming in that, that will, will in some ways dilute the, the gospel and, and, and head the people of God off on a different and a strange tr- path or track. And that's always going to be those kind of siren calls, you know, the siren calls, of the, the old Greek siren, whatever they were, goddesses that drew sailors onto the rocks. There's always going to be those out there to shipwreck our faith who will naysay what we're doing. And the enemy, of course, prowls around, uh, as the scripture says, looking to shipwreck our faith. So there will always be that temptation. So it is so crucial that we center ourselves on Christ. My hope is found on nothing less than Jesus Christ, his righteousness. Is that right? That's right, isn't it? Wonderful old song. So, so we are thinking about this. And Paul, in this passage, just as we have you know, noted and given thanks for so many things this morning, so many things to give thanks for, Paul is, is undeniably grateful. And you know what? As Christians, we need to be grateful. We need to be thankful. I've often said it, forgive me if I say it again. We need to count our blessings as our, our grandparents might have taught us to do. We need to count our blessings. And so uh, uh, Paul gives thanks time and again for uh, the good things that God is doing. We're just going to look at uh, Colossians chapter 1 verses 3 to 6 and uh, It'll come up on the screen. There's going to be a fair few Bible passages this morning. I, I just want the text to speak to us. I may not read the thing from cover to cover or beginning to end, but I want the text to speak to us. So 
In Colossians chapter one, beginning at verse three, Paul says this, we always thank God. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as, as, as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. There's so much I love about that. I could just get stopped on that, but I've got to preach about Christ, the center of our hope. That's my charge. But I just love this little piece where it says in verse six, in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. I had a letter from somebody this week who, who was very, very concerned about the rise of Islam. Very, very concerned. And to be honest with you, every day as we read about the uh, activities of ISIS or ICE, IS, whatever, the, you know, Islamic State, it is sobering. You think, where is this going to end? Uh, and it's difficult to see quite how it will end. And there is, great, there is cause for great concern. Indeed, we must pray. I read a report this week. A new, uh, a new study is out whereby it says by the year 2070, 2070, that is a ways off admittedly, but as the way things are going, Islam will match Christianity in, in terms of, of, of numbers of, inher- of adherents by 2070. Interestingly enough, it's not through conversion, it's through, through, uh, through having kids. Apparently, you know, they are having more children than Christians are, so mums and dads, get at it, you know. <laughs> Don't just sit there looking at me. Get on with it, you know, <laughs> say no more. No, but it, it's a population thing, it's a demographic thing. In many countries, the Islamic uh, followers are, are youthful and young, and they are being encouraged to have very large families. But I am not intimidated, I am not downcast. We have had people who come from that tradition to come to Christ in this church. And 2070 seems to be a long way away to me. But then the gospel says, the gospel says, the word of God says, that this gospel is bearing fruit the world over. That is God's plan. God's plan is that his son Jesus will be honored and revered throughout the world. And so I'm gonna believe God. I'm not gonna let the latest studies depress me or concern me. And I hope you are too. So Paul is full of thanksgiving. But actually, at the very center of this, Paul talks there about a thanksgiving for this hope. It is, as I've said twice already, if not more this morning, the person of Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the very source, the very cause, the very center of our hope. And we've been running a lovely little video clip. Let's run that again, please, thank you. That little passage there, some of you will know this, Uh, many scholars think that that was actually something that was used as a hymn, a very early Christian hymn. It's a wonderful piece 
of, of, of doctrinal poetry, I guess you could call it, something that was adopted and repeated time and time again. So there we have it. Christ is the very center and goal and hope and undergirds all that we are and do. He's the very, the very most eminent of our hopes. And so Paul, he puts that right at the front of this letter to the Colossians to remind them of the person of Christ. There's a particular concern, as Mark outlined in the very first week, that they understand that Christ is God and was God, and through him all things were created. There were those, there was an element in the church which became a heresy known as Arianism in the, in the third, the three, 300s, is that the fourth century? Or? the fourth century, called Arianism, where they they used to go marching around. There were riots where people would march around saying there was a time when he was not. And and the idea was that Christ was wonderful. Christ died on the cross. Christ did miracles and healings and all the rest of it. But he was just a man, a divinely inspired and empowered man. But that is a heresy. That is not the truth. Jesus is God. He came from God, has always been, and as the scriptures are at pains to teach us. All things were created through him. But then he, he diminished himself. He poured himself out in order to become a man. God became man, Emmanuel. And so Paul then goes on, he says, my hope, my goal in all of this, my goal is that you might have complete understanding. He has a very popular phrase, he talks about the mysteries of God. And basically, we'll read it just a moment, but, but Paul wants to teach people that once, this, once upon a time, this gospel, this, this truth about Jesus was all was hidden, it was just hinted at. But now, in Christ, there has been a perfect revelation to us, because God himself has walked among us. So there's no excuse God himself has walked among us. And he says, my goal is that you will understand this. That it's as if God will open not just the eyes of your heart, but that your understanding to see who Christ Jesus really is. And so he says this, and we'll just read it. Um, and it's uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Paul says, my goal is that they may, you may be, encouraged in heart and united in love, so that you, they, may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that you may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The mystery of God. God wants to make you all geniuses. I remember having been baptized in the Spirit some nearly 30 plus years ago, I remember I came back from that occasion when I was filled with the Holy Spirit and God just, it was an absolutely life-changing experience for me. And I remember getting up the following morning very early and I opened up my Bible, I just literally opened it up and it fell open in 1 Corinthians uh, and uh, chapter one and it says, you know, consider the kind of people you are. Consider the kind of people you are. You're not all, you're not all geniuses. Many of you are simple folk. Many of you are ordinary folk. Many of you, some might say, are foolish folk, but God takes the foolish and makes them wise. 
God takes the foolish and makes them wise. This gospel is a gospel that everyone can receive. And in receiving this good news, we are made wise. We are made geniuses, if you like. On holiday, we were driving along and we had to care for the kids just for 24 hours because Jesse and Darren, my, my, son, my daughter and son-in-law, were going to do worship at another church. So we took care of the grandkids. We're driving along and little Cholula, who is uh, four years old, suddenly, apropos of absolutely nothing, says, I'm a genius. <laughs> well, that made us smile. And we said, well, why, why are you a genius? And she said, I'm a genius because I tell people about Jesus uh, and, and I do excellent things, and I do science, and Reuben just does Lego. <laughs> I kid you not. It was absolutely priceless. And Reuben, who's seven, sort of, he's kind of into something, and he looks up and he goes, like that, you know, as they do. So, yeah, Tallulah is a genius. God wants to make us geniuses. You are wise. You may not be regarded as wise by the eyes of the world. But in terms of the eternal dimensions, in terms of the beings that really matter, in terms of that which is to come, in terms of he who is the Alpha and the Omega, you are wise. John 6, the disciples said to Jesus, what must we do to do the work of God. And Jesus said, he put it very simply, believe in the one whom God has sent. Wow. Believe in the one, and the one of course is Jesus. So my goal is to make you wise, says Paul. He says, I, I don't want you to be under any doubt. I don't want you to be confused. I don't want you to be anxious about other threats, other religions, other voices, other philosophies, uh, uh, other whatever. I want you to be centered on the center who is Christ. And, and, and he sums this up. We won't read this bit in, in Colossians 1 verse 27, he says, the mystery is this, Christ in us, and he is the hope of, of our glory, the hope for our future. So this supreme being, that wonderful sort of hymn we saw in the video presentation, not only is that true as to who he is, but this great mystery is not only that God has come to us, but that God has died for us, and now Christ is in us. Everybody say amen. amen. There's a definite element in this church, Louis and, and dear Dennis heading us off in this Pentecostal way. And <laughs> not sure what I think about this. But I'll give you that much. Amen. Christ in us. Christ in us, and why is that significant? Why is that important? What is the reason for our hope? Let's read a little bit more scripture. Let the scripture speak. Colossians chapter two, verses 13 to 15. This is what we were. Paul says, and he reminds them, and he reminds us. You were once, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. We once were dead, and now we're alive. There's this irrepressible life bubbling up within us. He forgave us all our sins, and having canceled the charge of, 
our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. All those justifiable complaints that could be made against us for our behavior, our selfishness, our self-centeredness, what we have done to ourselves, what we have done to one another, what we have done to our nation, our country, the environment, you name it. Stack it up, bring it on, because God comes and forgives us and cleanses us, and it is nailed to the cross with Christ. And he goes on, verse 15. And having, I love this, oh, how I love this. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, all these that would undermine us, all these that would undo us, all these that would overwhelm us, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Jesus said, when I am lifted up, I will draw all men to me, all men and women to me. This is a wonderful thing. All these wise ones, wise words, clever people, gainsayers, naysayers, you name it, they are made to look ridiculous in the shadow of the cross where God himself intervenes and says, enough! I take upon myself their sin. It is finished. Alpha and omega. Last word. First word, last word. Over you, it is finished. Christ in you. You may not know this. I hope you do. You may be still having this mystery unfolded and revealed to you. But the truth is this. That as far as the powers that matter are concerned, it's finished, it's over, it's done with. So Paul then says, he encourages us to live life to the full. Don't be intimidated. Don't creep around apologizing for being a follower of Jesus. Live life to the full. A little more scripture, please. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. Since then, he says, since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. That's where your hope should be. Not whether I get that girlfriend or this job or we get that, that house, that offer accepted. All these are good. I mean, really. But nothing is as good as Christ. Nothing, nothing compares Nothing compares to Christ. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Nobody can see it. Nobody can get to it unless you surrender it, of course, unless you give it away. It's hidden with Christ. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. When Christ's glory is revealed in the age to come, you will find that your glory, which is his glory, will be revealed. The church of Jesus Christ, the bride of Christ, as God is fond of calling us, will be revealed. And we will be amazed. We will be amazed. We will be amazed, just as today, 
You know, when, when a, a couple decides to have a, a white wedding, so often the bride, it, she truly does look like a princess. I've done more weddings than I care to recall. And I'm, I, I am frequently surprised at the beauty and the attractiveness and the gorgeousness of the bride on that day. And of course, she has prepared herself for her husband, prepared herself for that day. And the crowd, you know, the congregation turned to welcome the bride in, and often there's spontaneous applause because of the beauty that's revealed that day. Well, so it, the, the church may look a little bit gangly at the moment, a bit thin and wobbly, or a bit fat and podgy, or a bit something or other, I don't know. But in that moment when Christ is revealed in his glory, the glory of the church will be revealed and frankly the rest of creation will gasp. Why? Because God is a good God and what he starts, he finishes. He is determined to make us Christ-like. He is determined. Live life to the full, Paul says. Don't dally with death. That's a lovely preacher's alliteration there. Don't dally with, say that with me, it's very good. Don't dally with death, great, got that. A little more scripture, Colossians chapter three, verses five to nine. Paul says this, this is the outworkings you understand of the doctrine, the theology that Paul has laid down. He has centered us on the person of Christ. And now he's saying, in the light of that, Live out this hope. And this is going to look like this. Verse 5, chapter 3. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because these, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. And you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of these things of all such things, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices. Don't dally with death. You have this, this great privilege. You have this great wonder. This great mystery has been revealed to you. Don't walk in the old ways. Don't court them. And finally, Therefore, says Paul, center yourself. Center yourself. Colossians 3, verses 12 to 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, learning to love one another, the watchman's prayer. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, just as he has done for you, do unto others. And over all these virtues, put on love. Walk the walk. Walk the walk. Put on love. Choose to put on love, just as you chose to put on whatever you're wearing this morning. And let the peace of Christ Rule in your hearts. Be confident in this hope. Center yourselves. Center yourselves on Christ, his love, and the hope of glory that he has placed within us. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Let's have the band up. Thank you. Let me just pray. Would you please stand?
Whatever you do, whatever you do, be it in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Father, I want to say thank you to you. Thank you for the mystery that you have revealed to us. Thank you, Lord God, that that gospel is bearing fruit, not just in us, but throughout the world. Thank you, Lord, that you are going deep within us. And thank you, Lord God, that you are revealing us, revealing to us the hope of glory that we share in Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.